Modern World History Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 12, Section 2, Modernization in Japan, Setting the Stage. In the early 17th century, Japan had shut itself off from almost all contact with other nations. Under the rule of the Tokugawa shoguns, Japanese society was very tightly ordered. The shoguns parceled out land to the daimo, or lords. The peasants worked for and lived under the protection of their daimo and his small army of samurai, or warriors. This rigid feudal system managed to keep the country free of civil war. Peace and relative prosperity reigned in Japan for two centuries. Japan ends its isolation. The Japanese had almost no contact with the industrialized world during this time of isolation. They continued, however, to trade with China and with the Dutch merchants from Indonesia. They also had diplomatic contact with Korea. However, trade was growing in importance, both inside and outside Japan. Demand for foreign trade. Beginning in the early 19th century, Westerners tried to convince the Japanese to open their ports to trade. British, French, Russian, and American officials occasionally anchored off the Japanese coast. Like China, however, Japan repeatedly refused to receive them. Then, in 1853, U.S. Commodore Matthew Perry took four ships into what is now Tokyo Harbor. These massive black wooden ships, powered by steam, astounded the Japanese. The ship cannons also shocked them. The Tokugawa shogun realized he had no choice but to receive Perry and the letter Perry had brought from the U.S. President Millard Fillmore. Fillmore's letter politely asked the shogun to allow free trade between the United States and Japan. Perry delivered it with a threat, however. He would come back with a larger fleet in a year to receive Japan's reply. That reply was the Treaty of Kanagawa of 1854. Under its term, Japan opened two ports at which U.S. ships would take on supplies. After the United States had pushed open the door, other Western powers soon followed. By 1860, Japan, like China, had granted foreigners permission to trade at several treaty ports. It had also extended extraterritorial rights to many foreign nations. Meiji Reform and Modernization The Japanese were angry that the shogun had given in to the foreigners' demands. They turned to Japan's young emperor, Mushuhito, who seemed to symbolize the country's sense of pride and nationalism. In 1867, the Tokugawa shogun stepped down, ending the military dictatorship that had lasted since the 12th century. Mushuhito took control of the government. He chose the name Meiji for his reign, which means enlightened rule. Mushuhito's reign, which lasted 45 years, is known as the Meiji era. The Meiji emperor realized that the best way to counter Western influence was to modernize. He sent diplomats to Europe and North America to study Western ways. The Japanese then chose what they believed to be the best that Western civilization had to offer and adapted it to their own country. They admired Germany's strong centralized government, for example, and they used its constitution as a model for their own. The Japanese also admired the discipline of the German army and the skill of the British Navy. They attempted to imitate these European powers as they modernized their military. Japan adopted the American system of universal public education and required that all Japanese children attend school. Their teachers often included foreign experts. Students could go abroad to study as well. The emperor also energetically supported following Western path of industrialization. By the early 20th century, the Japanese economy had become as modern as any in the world. The country built its first railway line in 1872. The track connected Tokyo, the nation's capital, with the port of Yokohama, 20 miles to the south. 
1914, Japan had more than 7,000 miles of railroad. Coal production grew from half a million tons in 1875 to more than 21 million tons in 1913. Meanwhile, large state-supported companies built thousands of factories. Traditional Japanese industries such as tea processing and silk production expanded to give the country unique product to trade. Developing West modern industries such as shipbuilding made Japan compete with the West. Imperial Japan Japan's race to modernize paid off. By 1890, the country had several dozen warships and 500,000 well-trained, well-armed soldiers. It had become the strongest military power in Asia. Japan had gained military, political, and economic strength. It then sought to eliminate the extraterritorial rights of foreigners. The Japanese foreign minister assured foreigners that they could rely on fair treatment in Japan. This was because its constitution and legal codes were similar to those of European nations, he explained. His reasoning was convincing, and in 1894, foreign powers accepted the abolition of extraterritorial rights for their citizens living in Japan. Japan's feelings of strength and equality with the West's Western nations rose. As Japan's sense of power grew, the nation also became more imperialistic. As in Europe, national pride played a large part in Japan's imperial plans. The Japanese were determined to show the world that they were a powerful nation. Japan attacks China. The Japanese first turned their sights to their neighbor, Korea. In 1876, Japan forced Korea to open three ports to Japanese trade. But China also considered Korea to be an important both as a trading partner and a military outpost. Recognizing their similar interest in Korea, Japan and China signed a hands-off agreement. In 1885, both countries pledged that they would not send their armies into Korea. In June 1894, however, China broke that agreement. Rebellions had broken out against Korea's king. He asked China for military help in putting them down. Chinese troops marched into Korea. Japan protested and sent troops into Korea to fight the Chinese. The Sino-Japanese War lasted just a few months. In that time, Japan drove the Chinese out of Korea, destroyed the Chinese Navy, and gained a foothold in Manchuria. In 1895, China and Japan signed a peace treaty. This treaty gave Japan its first colonies, Taiwan and the neighboring Pescadores Islands. Russo-Japanese War Japan's victory over China changed the world's balance of power. Russia and Japan emerged as the major powers and enemies in East Asia. The two countries soon went to war over Manchuria. In 1903, Japan offered to recognize China's rights in Manchuria if the Russians would agree to stay out of Korea, but the Russians refused. In February 1904, Japan launched a surprise attack on Russian ships anchored off the coast of Manchuria. In the resulting Russo-Japanese War, the Japanese drove Russian troops out of Korea and captured most of Russia's Pacific fleet. It also destroyed Russia's Baltic fleet, which had sailed all the way around Africa to participate in the war. In 1905, Japan and Russia began peace negotiations. U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt helped draft the treaty which the two nations signed on a ship off of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. This agreement, the Treaty of Portsmouth, gave Japan the captured territories. It also forced Russia to withdraw from Manchuria and stay out of Korea. Japanese Occupation of Korea After defeating Russia, Japan attacked Korea with a vengeance. In 1905, it made Korea a protectorate. Japan sent in advisors who grabbed more and more power from the Korean government. The Korean king was unable to rally international support for his regime. 
1907, he gave up control of the country. Within two years, the Korean Imperial Army was disbanded. In 1910, Japan officially imposed annexation on Korea, or brought that country under Japan's control. The Japanese were harsh rulers. They shut down Korean newspapers and took over Korean schools. There, they replaced the study of Korean language and history with Japanese subjects. They took land away from Korean farmers and gave it to Japanese settlers. They encouraged Japanese businessmen to start industries in Korea, but forbade Koreans from going into business. Resentment of Japan's repressive rule grew, helping to create a strong Korean nationalist movement. The rest of the world clearly saw the brutal results of Japan's imperialism. Nevertheless, the United States and other European countries largely ignored what was happening in Korea. They were too busy with their own imperialistic aims, as you will learn in Section 3.